Hello and welcome to the Relational Parents Podcast, where we get off autopilot and give thoughtful attention to how we interact with our children and relate to ourselves so that you can show up in your family as the best version of yourself with a lot more joy and ease. I'm your host, Teresa Puckett, and I'm thrilled you've joined us today. Today we're talking about a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. I'm sure we will return to it from time to time. Stepping off the conveyor belt. I'm sure you've noticed that there are so many things to be concerned about and get caught up in, and everyone wants us to be concerned about what they are concerned about. As I'm recording this podcast, we are in quarantine and most of our school-age kids are in some stage of finishing up their year. It is late May 2020, and I will tell you that it's been my personal experience and also the experience of many of the parents I've been talking to. They've been inundated with email from their children's schools, from the administration, with updates, from every single teacher, every single week, multiple times on assignments and tests and quizzes and exams. And it's amazing. And that's just one example. What I want to say is just because it lands in your inbox doesn't mean it's life or death, doesn't mean that it has to be a certain level of importance to you. Now, I'm not saying discount everything that your kid's school sends you. That is not what I'm saying at all. But a lot of times what I've noticed is that people will, a parent will kind of assume, well, I have to because this is what happened and this is what's expected and I'm the mother or I'm the father. And it's like we have these rules already pre-set up that we don't really stop and think about and feel what we feel about the topic notice how we're feeling. I have a a yoga teacher who always says to us, feel what you feel, notice what you notice. And the first time I heard her say that, I thought it was a little crazy. And then I started to really sit with it. And it's true. If we take a little bit of time to consider and just let ourselves feel what's coming up instead of, you know, being, trying to be like a robot or a computer program. If I get this, I must do this. If I get that, I must do that without stopping to consider. So that's a, that's a little bit of a setup for you. I wanted to use a couple of uh, personal examples to kind of illustrate even better what I mean. And I also want to say that this is not something that you wake up and suddenly you're off the conveyor belt. No, this is a process. I'm on this journey too. There's always more to notice. There's always more to let come up and bubble up to the surface and think, 
oh, I wonder why that hit me that way. And if we really sit with it, we will get some excellent information. We can really explore and uncover a lot. So it's just one of the things that, um, that I love to do. So I'll share with you one example. (laughs) When I, myself, back when, when I was in high school, I went to school where we had to, we had a very strict dress code and it involved button down shirts and a certain kind of pants. And those, uh, my mother, and at that time, uh, my mother decided that those things, the shirts and the pants required ironing. And she made sure that my sister and I knew how to iron our shirts and our pants properly. Um, So that was, that was good. Ironing is one of my least favorite things to do in terms of household um, tasks or chores or what have you. Um, So I rarely, rarely do it but I am grateful that I know how. Now, that is in contrast to my experience with laundry. When I was living with my parents growing up, I never had to do my own laundry. And when I got to college and I was living away from home, I found myself a little bit embarrassed that I was making it up and I had no idea how to do laundry. So that little seed of, oh, I kind of wish I knew how to do this, along with um, remembering my mother's overload about how she did everyone's laundry in the house and not wanting, not wanting that overload on myself and not wanting my children to feel that potential embarrassment about not knowing how to do their laundry, I made a different choice. I considered and I I stepped off what could have been my conveyor belt of doing things exactly the same way as they were done for me. And I decided that it would be different in my house and I would make a different choice. And so consequently, I have to do much less laundry than my mother did uh, when when she had two teenagers in the house, and also consequently, my uh, my boys know how to do their laundry. They've been doing it for years. So it's just just one very simple example. And I'm not. I I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that something is right and something is wrong. And my mother's choice was wrong, and mine is right. No. It's just right for me, for the time that I'm living in with the family that I have. And the whole point is that I gave conscious consideration to it. I didn't default into anything around laundry with my kids. Um, I have another example for you. And this one, this one was a little bit tougher. It wasn't such an easy answer. Um, I think in a previous podcast, I may have alluded to baseball and how my uh, my boys played baseball. So they both played baseball back when they were in elementary school and when um, they were kind of nine, ten, uh, eight, nine, ten. That kind of um, that kind of an age. 
And when my one son turned nine, he decided that he didn't want to play baseball. And that might sound like no big deal. The thing is, he had an incredible pitching arm. Absolutely incredible. And not in terms of, there was some speed aspect to it, I think. I'm not really the baseball expert. But what I, even I noticed was when he would pitch, it didn't look that fast, but the height of the ball would change. And it was very, very difficult, as long as it was actually over the plate, it was very difficult for the batter to hit. And so anyone that knew anything about baseball that would see him pitch at that young, tender age would be amazed and mesmerized and just incredulous that this little kid was making the ball move in these ways. And so, you know, his coaches, um, neighbors, friends, anybody who saw him um, would just be commenting. And when he decided he did not want to play, I, um, you know, he finished out his season, but he decided he didn't want to uh, to keep going. I talked to him about why, and he was very, very clear. He um, had all the wisdom, like, of an old man when he said to me, mom, I, I really don't want to spend that kind of time. Um, I want to have more control of my time. There are things I want to do and learn. And we talked about what those were. And there was just no denying that he was very, very clear. So that was his decision and we honored it, but it would be very difficult for me to describe, maybe you've had an experience like this and this resonates. I got it from all sides. So did my husband from coaches, from neighbors, from my parents, just, oh my gosh, he, he was so good. How can you let him? He can't stop. Just, it was amazing what people, um, what people believed and what people would say to us. Um, So this went on for quite a long time. And it was, it was not easy to hear all of that, but it was, it, it was a simple decision. It was a simple decision because we knew that it was right for our son And we needed to be the leaders that would provide the structure for him to follow what was right for him. This parenting thing is not easy, right? Like I said, that lasted for months and months. Um, Actually, what lasted for a longer time was something that... um, my mother would come back to with me. She had made a decision. It was the right decision for her to make with our family. When my sister and I were young, her decision was that we would have to play a sport starting at a certain age. And I know that that came from a very good place. It came from a place um, of not being allowed to play sports or being passed over for sports when she was young and uh, not, not being considered 
um, as an athlete. So, so we were told that we needed to play a sport and I think, you know, my sister and I knew that it came from a good place and we were active and we were happy to try things. It it actually worked. It worked well for us. And there were so many collateral benefits for the two of us that when my mother observed this happening and us allowing my son to, quote, drop out of, uh, of baseball, which, like I said, he finished his seasons um, his, on his teams that he was on. He just didn't continue. So he didn't really drop out. He, he stopped playing baseball. But um, there was kind of this holding on that she had to, it was the right decision that she made and I was making a mistake. And I just want to illuminate that, you know, every person is different. Um, every one of our children is different. It would be silly to think that um, the way we, the exact way that we parent one child, um, if it's successful or if it has a certain outcome, it's going to definitely have that outcome for the next child. It's not that way. We adults are different. We are unique. Our children are, of course, unique. We as parents know that. And it's also folly to think that generation to generation, that things are going to be the same just because they worked at one time with one child or with two children, that they will work the same way and for the same reasons and have the same effect, the next generation for other completely different children. So I just want to um, to put that out there for you in case that offers you some comfort or solace or some ability to give yourself permission to consider and give yourself the ability to make a different choice. And maybe it won't be a different choice, but to, uh, to make it consciously, regardless of it's, of if it's the same or if it's different along those lines of it, um, things being different for different children. I'll just offer you something cause it's a little bit comical. So my one son, I already told you the story. He, uh, he chose to opt out of baseball after, um, after a certain season. And there was a point with my other son though, where he was upset with me because I drew a line and I would not let him play at the same time on five different baseball teams. <laughs> so it's just a funny illustration, pretty extreme example of how our kids are different, coming from the same parents in the same family in the same household at the same point in time. They're very, very different. So I just wanted to offer that to you in case that uh, that made you smile. In closing, I would just like to say that there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing to fix. In order to step off autopilot, there are some things for us, for all of us, to let 
go of. With that, I wish you a fabulous rest of your week. Would you like to work directly with me as well as a group of like-minded parents to get off autopilot and create more peace at home? Join us starting June 10th for the seven-week class, Calm Kids, Happy Parents in Quarantine. It's specially priced at $137 with an early bird special of only $97 when you register by June 3rd. Message me from the Relational Parents Facebook page or send an email to support at relationalparents.org for more details.